All right, what is good, everybody? I apologize that I am Joey Powell and not Tommy Ashley, but this is InsideCarolina.com's post-game podcast. right after the Tar Heels take down the Michigan Wolverines 72-51. to I'm Joey Powell. With me, as always, Tar Heel letterman Dewey Burke. Dewey, how you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great now. Right? How's it going? <laughs> this will be fun to talk about. Yeah, man, this should be a fun show. I mean, I guess the first thing I'll throw out at you uh, is I had heard prior to this game that the Tar Heels uh, have been doing a lot of two-a-days recently and focusing on defense. So let's start with the good. Uh, defense is the obvious one for me, but what was the what was the best thing that you took away from this game other than a 21-point home win? Yeah, look, I, I think, I think uh, the way they played um, those couple games, uh, or the way they played against Tennessee, we should say, gave Hubert a real teaching opportunity. And, uh, you know, I understand – you know, I do read the message boards just to, to see what's out there. And it's funny to me, you know, after six games, all of a sudden the guy can't coach. And it's like we forget he played in the league for 12 years. Got coached by Pat Riley and Dean Smith and then worked under Coach Williams for, for a while. So it gave him a teaching opportunity that I think he took full advantage of. And, you know, it was a bit of a wake-up call for our guys. And the biggest difference tonight uh, was just their energy, right? Their attentiveness. They looked like a team. They yeah. they looked invested. And uh, I tend to try to watch for other things. Um, so like when a guy makes a big shot or, or an and one, I look at what the other four guys do. I, I like to see their reaction. I look at the bench. Um, you know, I look at the engagement between certain guys. I look at the engagement between guys when they make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Are they getting on each other or is it, hey, don't worry about it. You know, dap them up and get back just little stuff like that to see how I can read between the lines a little bit about their camaraderie. And I thought it, it looked a lot better tonight. I really, they looked like a team and uh, you know, we'll get into the defensive uh, effort level and how much better they looked there, but you know, just a, an overall observation. Um, you know, I just, I thought they were together. Yeah. I think that's a great, uh, great point by you. And some of the stuff that coach Davis said in his media availability uh, this weekend on his coaches show was just saying that they were focusing on getting to know each other off the court. And I know that he's been really adamant about guys spending time in his office talking non-basketball. But I love you pointing out that guys looked like they were having fun tonight. Like I saw guys smiling yeah. at each other. I saw a lot more pointing to the passer. Uh, and, and I think your point about seeing what the guys that don't have the ball were doing, it did look more like a cohesive unit tonight. And uh, I, I do think for all the – the lamenting and the belly aching that was going on about what this team looked like against Tennessee and then to a lesser extent at home against Asheville. I hope those same folks will give Hubert Davis the credit for making the adjustments because you called it a teaching moment. I think I think that team has had quite a few teaching moments over the last couple of weeks and you hope that it carries on. Um, I, I don't know why we didn't start this way, but I, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to make sure he gets close to top billing. Is Caleb Love becoming an absolute alpha out there right in front of our eyes? 
Alec, he was really good. You know, when he plays with confidence, he seems to have a knack for playing very well in big time games, right? <laughs> Tommy just texted us and said, "Don't f it up." Yeah, thanks. We're gonna Tommy. do better. We're gonna do better without you, big fella. Yeah, this is this is ratings bonanza right here. Tommy, yeah, can, I don't have to carry going. Joey. <laughs> I don't have to carry Joey like I carry Tommy. Um, just kidding, TA. We miss you. Um, you know, he seems to have a knack for playing playing well in big time games. Obviously, everybody points to the Duke games last year. Um, he he is more under control this year. He he is more. Uh, he plays a little more savvy. Um, he he still takes. You know, in my view, a couple questionable shots, but overall, his decision making is better. He's more under control. He's so athletic. He's yeah. so explosive. Um, and he gave you a little bit of everything tonight. You know, a couple deep threes, one off the bounce in the first half, uh, the deep catch and shoot that really put the game out of reach from NBA range. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to the rim. He made a floater, uh, a really nice penetrate and, and penetration and kick to Mondo. I mean, he showed you a complete package. And, um, and when he is making shots and making plays offensively, he is very engaged on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And then his athleticism and his length are tough to deal with. Um, and so he, along with everybody else, was was defensively engaged. And you'd like to like to think that the staff and and that Caleb can come to understand that you can actually feed your offense with great energy on the defensive end. That it doesn't have to be hitting a couple of shots or getting a dunk and, and doing his flex to get him going on the defensive end. It, it can actually be the other way. And, and he needs to figure out as his maturation continues, he needs to figure out on those nights when his shot isn't falling or he's not getting looks or what, you know, you get out of sync on offense in some nights that he needs to impact the game on the other end still. And that's the next level for him in my view. Um, well, boy, he was good tonight. Uh, he fed off the crowd. And uh, he had it going and his shot looks great, you know, and, I, you know, for me, it's what I just said about his next level and, and then complimenting his his overall uh, understanding of how to play is markedly better. Yeah. And your point about, you know, turning his engagement into a both ends of the floor situation. Uh, there were a couple of times, too, after he hit. Uh, a big shot, he would really be in the passing lanes on the defensive end. But you're right, it, it should be a, a complete cycle, right? A circular thing where it's not necessarily one begats the other. And you, you listed off all those things that he did tonight, uh, a lot of them in what seemed like a, a short span of time. But as the kids say, he was in his bag because he mm-hmm. absolutely went through what seemed like every uh, every move he had in his arsenal. And that step back has become an absolute killer shot. Uh, I don't know how. And it's on balance, Joe. You know, yes. that's the thing is, is when you look at, I look at shooting mechanics, you know, it, you know, I couldn't do a lot of things, but I could shoot it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I watch him and, you know, watch his balance and how he keeps his feet under him, you know, a lot of times last year he was off balance. And it's funny, you don't think of it this way, but, when you're a freshman and you're not as physically mature and haven't had that summer in the weight room, yeah. you get bumped off the ball when you're handling it. And so you get bumped off the ball when you're handling it and as you're flowing into that step back, you're just that little bit off balance and your core strength is not right where it needs to be. And it causes you to fade a little bit or whatever the case and you miss, but his balance is great. His, he's clearly stronger um, from a summer in the weight room. And so all those little things, uh, you know, his mechanics are solid. Mm-hmm. He looks really good. And, and so when you have all those things, what are you? You're confident. And when that ball leaves his hand, he believes it's going in every time. 
And uh, that's a, that's a huge thing. Shooting the ball with confidence is is a big deal, and he's doing that right now. He really is somebody that I think um, hasn't been forgotten, but just really hasn't found his flow in, in Hubert Davis' offense. Uh, and kind of the new things is Kerwin Walton, and yeah. I, I hope that he's not. Um, I hope that it's not really getting his head, but I also want to make sure our listeners and our subscribers recognize he went through a flurry tonight where he did a lot of really good things off the ball. Uh, if, if you want to try to call attention to a couple of those and, and share to folks what happens when a shooter's not getting shots, much less getting into a rhythm, you know, how are some ways that Kerwin Walton can absolutely help this team until, until his time comes again? Look, even though he didn't shoot the ball while he's over for tonight, he still draws eyes, right? He's a he's a known quantity out there. He shot the ball so well last year, and then obviously played great in a couple games early this year. He's a scouted sniper, he's right? And so guy, right? So guys watch tape, and they say, oh, oh, shooter, 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 right? So he's still he occupies eyes, he occupies bodies that are going to create penetration lanes for our other guys, right? If you put Kerwin in the corner. And Caleb has the ball, foul line extended or uh, above the top of the key and penetrates to his side. You're damn sure breaking scouting report if you leave Kerwin to stop penetration from Caleb and you're playing Carolina, right? And so even though he didn't shoot the ball well tonight, he seems a little out of rhythm. He still has that gravitas because he shot it so well. Um, and then he played solid defensively. He had the strip where it went off the guy's knee and, and was a turnover. So, you know, I would like to see him get you know, a couple more minutes so that some of the stuff that we're running, we can, we can try to run for him, but we did. You know, Hubert's done uh, some modification of our box sets. He runs them a little differently than coach did. And but a lot of it still finishes with that back screen for the big and the pin down for the, the perimeter player coming off. And we ran it a couple of times for Kerman, but they've scouted it, right. They were yeah. jumping that. And, and then you saw a little bit of Kerwin's limitations. He tried to penetrate a couple of times, got a shot block. So there's development there still for him. Um, but if Caleb and RJ keep playing the way they're playing, Kerwin's going to get more shots. You know, they, they just need to keep doing what they're doing. And, it, it, and look, it's frustrating for him, I'm sure, because a lot of it felt like it came easy last year. Mm -hmm. You know, he got so many good looks. And, and, but now he's, he's, like I said, he's a scouted sniper and people know. And so it's going to be more challenging for him, but I'm not worried about him. He'll get his. Um, and, he didn't forget and, how to shoot, right? Like he no, hasn't, he hasn't yeah. lost that touch. And I think it's mm -hmm. it's important that folks remember it's a lot like a it's a lot like a really young uh, power hitter in baseball where you know his first time through the league, uh, guys don't know what you know, guys don't know how to pitch to him, so he's just raking everything. And then once they get some scouting on him, like you said, it's it's a lot harder. Uh, it's a lot harder for that hitter to hit the ball because guys know what to throw to it him is. and what he can't hit. And, and guys go through slumps. I mean, I, this is going to take it way back, but, you know, I don't have anything else to refer to other than, you know, when I played and the guys I played with, you know, Wayne Ellington went through a terrible slump in 2009. Mm -hmm. Terrible slump. Um, I remember being down there for a game one time and went out to dinner with him, and he was, like, emotionally spent about it. And he was a junior, yeah. right? And then he had that game against Miami. If I'm getting my years right, I believe that was his junior year, not his sophomore year. It was, right? Yeah, the I, game against Miami where he made like seven threes. I'm old, dude. I know. But he made like seven threes in that game against Miami. And then from then, you know, off he went. He was the final four most outstanding player. He's a guy who's been in the league 12 years. And his junior year, when he was the most outstanding player in the final four, he went through a brutal slump. Brutal slump. 
and then snapped out of it with in, in that game against Miami, if I'm getting my years right. So the, the point is the best shooter is one of the best shooters you've ever had went through a slump like that. Kerwin will be fine. Um, and every report on him is that he's an absolute worker, right? So he's yeah. going to be working, and he'll he'll shoot himself out of it. Yeah, and and you know Hubert Davis has always already pointed out that he likes to call things for for Kerwin. So you got to think the head man's going to start calling some things like that. Uh, to your yeah. point about the modified set, yes, there were two different times tonight that I remember uh, that that Michigan just closed it out well. Uh, one of them was Caleb mm-hmm. Houston just ran uh, ran Kerwin off the line. I think the other one was a. Uh, was Eli Brooks on Manic, um, where they had just kind of really followed, and you could tell they that they knew what they were seeing, right? They knew what they were seeing. A um, couple of things that you know, it's really easy to just look at this and say, "Hey, huge, big first top twenty-five win for Hubert Davis, uh, first time a Coach Davis team has covered the spread." If you care about those kinds of things, um, just a, a big night at home in front of the home crowd. Do you think that means anything for this team? in addition to all the other great things that seemingly happened tonight? You know, do, do you think seeing a what looked like a much more full Smith Center for the first time in, God, what, almost two full years for these guys, yeah. do you think that's something they can carry forward? I do. I do. I mean, I, you know, on my group text with my, my buddies, you know, my teammates I played with, when we were talking about the game, you know, getting ready today, you know, being excited. And by the way, that's a cool thing to kind of mention for our listeners is like, I'm, you know, I'm on a group text with all my guys that I've played with all my best friends and like, we're juiced for the game tonight. Like all of us, like super excited. Are you superstitious? Um, I gotta ask uh, you, are you superstitious? I, I'm not, no, I'm not really. Um, you know, but we're, you know, me and, and Bobby and Tyler and Wes and Marcus and Danny, you know, you know, we're all on the, on this, this chain and we're super excited about the game. But one of the things I said, I said, our crowd better bring it in caps. Um, and I felt like they did. I felt like they were, they were there. They, they, they were the way they need to be. And, and these kids that have not experienced that they, they need to feel that there is a responsibility amongst our fan base to, to bring these kids along that haven't really been through it yet. And, and our head coach, right? Yeah. Like go, go support Hubert too. Yeah. You know? And so I know the staff was disappointed about, the attendance, you know, until this game. And and it's, it's kind of been that way always. And I get it. And I, but go support these kids, go support Hubert and give them an atmosphere like that. I'm sure we'll have it for the big games, but try to give it to them a little more often because I do think it's really meaningful. Um, you saw how much Caleb fed off the crowd. I thought Armando did too. Um, and we did some really good things tonight playing, playing together and, uh, part of together is also it's the responsibility of those in the building to to do their fair share and, and be together with the kids and because I'm telling you like we, you, we feel it as players like you you can tell when the crowd is with you and in it um, so I mean that's if that's a challenge fine you know but guys you know listener go to the game go to the game and and cheer for these kids it does help it, it's meaningful to them. Um, and tonight was a great atmosphere, and, and they responded and played great. I would uh, I would like to just point out to some folks that are listening, there was a perception many years ago that you couldn't get tickets to a Tar Heel basketball game. 
I will say that it's no longer the case. If you want tickets for a game, you can find them on the Inside Carolina premium message boards. Uh, under the ticket exchange there, you can go to StubHub, whatever you want to do, but you can go to a game. You can get there. Go. Like we said. The, the players feed off of this. All right, man, real quick, I want to wrap this up before we uh, so we can get out of here so we can have this uploaded and Tommy can hear us on his way back to Johnson County from the game. Um, looking at some stats, you know, there's there's nothing that was really ugly tonight. I know, you know, Tommy usually tries to do the good, bad, and ugly, but um, just some basic stats. Tar Heel shot 46.3% from the game, uh, shot 42% from three, which, again, is in line with what they've been so far for the year, so you'd like to see that volume continue to increase. Uh, but only shot two of three yeah. from the free throw line. Is that something worth worrying about considering everything else seemingly went well tonight? Or is that just a, a nature of, a, of kind of a one-off game? Yeah, I mean, I know it's the second time it's happened to us this year. We've, we've had a, a first half where we didn't shoot any free throws. I, I'm going to just – I'm going to chalk it up to an aberration. I also thought the officials let him play. I mean, That's there were a lot of times that, you know, particularly RJ – Went to the rim and I thought he got he got fouled a couple times. I thought Mondo got fouled a couple times. I thought Dawson got fouled a couple times. But you know they generally were just letting them play. I know the big fellow for Michigan got in foul trouble, but you know so I think that was part of it. Um, and so I, I still think it's an anomaly at this point. Let's see if this happens a couple more times. We're shooting under ten free throws. Then then maybe you have an issue being too perimeter oriented. Um, because of what we're used to with Coach yeah. Williams, right, with, with how much the ball went inside. Yeah. Um, I think we'd be remiss to not at least mention Leakey. I thought he was really good. I thought Leakey was excellent. Um, you know, he's 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 kind of coming into the role I think a lot of people like to say he should have been in, which is role player, facilitator, not a scorer, but great defender, get an offensive rebound, get a steal, make the right pass. And he seems to be – uh, mentally understanding how he can help us. He's playing a ton of minutes, mm -hmm. and he's, he's certainly the fifth option on the floor offensively when he's out there, uh, but he's engaged defensively. Um, I thought he was very solid tonight, and I think it's, I think it's a, a fair thing that we should mention his effort. Um, I thought he looked really good. I've been a le leaky critic plenty of times, yeah. uh, but I thought he was really good. Hey, great way to close that. Maybe he should be called Sticky Black because the Tar Heels need him to be a glue guy and be an adhesive because when he puts out numbers, and I said this on the Coast to Coast earlier this year, if you can get five, five, and five from Leaky Black every night, the Tar Heels are going to have a lot of success. And tonight he had five yeah. rebounds, five points, one block, uh, one steal, and three assists, which is is great. I mean, it's exactly what you want out of, out of him right now. So I, I love that you mentioned that before we get out of here. All right, man. Anything that that we've we've glossed over, or or was leaky kind of your last shot for the evening? Yeah, no, I was like I said, I wanted to make sure we mentioned him and 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 look, the guys uh, they had energy defensively. I loved how we guarded the pick and roll. You know, there was a little a little nuance there um, instead of forcing the ball handler high over over the ball screen and hedging. We decided to send everything down. Um, so I, you know, you saw it a lot of times if RJ was guarding the ball and the ball screen came up to his right. His teammate communicated screen right, screen right, and he jumped it and sent everything down. It's kind of an NBA way of playing it. Um, you see that a lot in the league, and we did a nice job of that. Um, you know, forcing the the ball handler to try to get into the paint and make a play over our bigs, uh, which which boded well for you know for our overall team defense. So I thought I thought they did a lot of things well defensively. Their energy was good. Their communication was better. And like we talked about, it, you know, I like to see how they communicate with each other. And uh, they looked happy to be teammates, which I think was great. So it was a good win, and you try to build from here. 
Yes, sir. It, you know, changing that stuff about how they were handling screen and roll tonight, that's coaching. And it also shows that not only the coaches drill it into them, but that the guys got it and were able to replicate it on the floor. Great point. I think it's a great one to go out on. I uh, appreciate you joining us tonight, man. Want to give a big shout-out to uh, John Siegley for producing. Want to shout-out to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring us. Hit them up, johnnytshirt.com. You're doing Christmas shopping. I think they even have Christmas way out where, where Dewey is in, in the western part of the country. So if you're doing your holiday shopping, hit up johnnytshirt.com. We appreciate you guys listening. As always, this has been the Post Game Podcast. Tar Heels win tonight against Michigan in the Smith Center, 72-51. to 51. Dewey, this uh, late-night pod action has been fun. I'm sorry I didn't wear my smoking jacket and my, uh, my stocking cap, but I uh, appreciate you being here. We'll talk at you sometime down the road. All right, Joe. Thanks, man. All right. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Okay. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.